Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. I'm Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hey, everybody. And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Hey. <laughs> Today is Thursday, October 26th, otherwise known as National Mince Meat Day. It was, it was pretty <laughs> slim pickings today. That was, that was all we had. Yeah. What had you guys heard of meat? minced meat? So yeah. I've heard of it, but I didn't yeah, know I've what heard it was. The phrase. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I looked it up and it says it's a mixture of chopped dried fruits, distilled spirits and spices, and sometimes beef or venison. And I'm just going to mm. go out on a limb and say it that that sounds pretty freaking nasty. It's but if you disagree, let me know and you can just shoot me an email at modernbuildsdiy at gmail.com. <laughs> Subject line mince, mince my meat. Subject line mince my meat. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a, it, it, I think it's like a way that they could like try to make something fancy out of scraps. Um, and so they kind of like cooked a lot of the old things. And I think it became a little bit like gelatinous. So yeah, it was I see sort it in of a like, jar when I looked up the pictures. It looked nasty. So think of like a mixture of like jello. Mm. meets meatloaf in the <laughs> format of a pie with lots of You're really of spice. making this sound good. Wow. <laughs> it sounds even better now. <laughs> I had figured it was something that like made the meat stay good longer before refrigeration or something. Yeah, that's but a, I mean... That's a good idea, yeah. It's basically like sausage with like a different consistency. Without the tubing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, have you ever had blood sausage? No, but I've seen it. It's scary. Yeah, it, when, when I was down in uh, the, the Caribbean, like uh, they would make it, and I saw them making it. And they basically just like gut up, or they when they kill a pig, they just hang it up, and they let all the blood go into a bucket, mm. and then they take like all the old stale bread and just add that into the blood and like heat it up, and then pour that into you know uh, intestines, and then like let it coagulate. Awesome. See, well, I'm going to go throw up. I'll be back in a couple minutes. As I say, we record this podcast. I'm on the West Coast. I'm a little earlier than you guys. Now I'm getting all hungry for dinner. Yeah. Talking about all this mincemeat meat. It's basically blood salami. Sausage. It's like salami with like a finer texture. It's the like MDF. Salami. It's the MDF of <laughs> yeah, salami. It's the MDF. The, the MDF OSB. of cured meats. Perfect. Nice. All right, cool, Chris, we, what are you uh, working on? Yeah, what start am I working on? All right, all right, all right. All right. Hop on so, in if you, you might I'm going to hop in. Yeah, that's our... That should be our collective catchphrase as we hop into things. So let's see, last week I put out two videos simultaneously. And I'm going to coin the phrase right now. I'm going to say, whenever you do that, that's called dropping a deuce. When you, <laughs> if well, you put out two videos sir, at the same time. I think that means something else. Well, I'm going I, for it. I really like that. Uh, the bit lamination one I, was definitely my favorite. Yeah, I think that was probably the better oh, of the I'm two. I'm sorry, you should probably talk about it. Yeah, so I put out a bent lamination one and a not bent lamination one. I think I actually even talked about it, why I did it last week, so I won't get back into it. But um, it seems like I actually put a poll on Instagram and it was like 80% in favor of the bent lamination version, which I think Mm. makes sense. It was a little bit more exciting and it was a new technique that people have never seen me try before and that I had never tried before. That's why they hadn't seen me do it. Um, So yeah, (laughs) it's funny though to like, actually today I was looking at the, the views and so the views are almost double on the bent lamination one. But like if you look at the, you know, the thumbs ups or the likes, I don't know why I called them the thumbs up Facebook and like the, the, the retention and all that stuff, like it's all almost identical. So it's weird. It's one of those things like what made this video get twice the amount of views as the other one? I don't know. The world will never just know. Better. We it just got to get, got to get Google on the phone here. It was better. Yeah. It was better. I'm going to say it right now. I know you're not supposed I think to it pick cooler. your it favorite lo- kids, but that's my favorite kid. Uh, let's see. What else? So, oh, this uh, actually this morning. So we record on Monday. Johnny Brooke from Crafted Workshop. He got on a plane and headed back to North Carolina. So he was here since Thursday, th- midday Thursday. He came in and we pretty much spent the bulk of the time working on a project that will come out in a couple weeks. It was I won't get too into it right here, but basically we made a uh, a DIY plywood platform bed and a headboard to go along with it that's backlit with LEDs. So we wanted to think of a project where we could, we each worked on both of them, but we wanted one to be more me and one to be more him so that we could have two videos. And when we put those out, we will be dropping a deuce actually. We're gonna coordinate those too. I'm dropping deuces left and right here in late 2017. Um, But yeah, so. That's pretty much what I've been working on. How about you guys? Uh, finishing up uh, three projects. Uh, I finished a real simple uh, ebonized oak bench just using a stair tread from Home Depot, just like the 
actually have used them quite a bit. They're kind of a cool ready-made object, but you can get like a four foot long stair tread. So it's about, you know, four, you know, 12 to 14 inches deep and it's real yeah. flat. They're really true pieces of wood. So if you need like kind of a bench or like a really small like desk or anything like that, I've often used them. You can get them normally in like laminated pine or in uh, oak ones. And I took the oak ones, got the, the sort of vinegar and stain all sort of smoothed out. <laughs> at first, <laughs> at first when I when I did it, it looked great. And then it dried and it looked really reddish. And I was like, mm. oh, that's supposed Not to look more black. <laughs> and then I realized it was all the rust particles from the steel wool. And I like vacuumed yeah. it off. Oh. And like... And then I like cleaned off the rust stuff and underneath the reddish was like the, the black. And so then, you didn't uh, have to do a second coat or anything? No. Cool. Um, so I, I, I did a whole bunch of coats because I kept getting redder and redder. was <laughs> <laughs> just layering on more of the, of the rust uh, and then wiped that off. And yeah, it came out like it's such an interesting uh, uh, finish because it really sinks into the wood. So it's it's. But you can you still really see all the grain. So just really pleased with how that came out. Uh, came out, and then I rubbed in like a, like probably like three coats of uh, wipe on poly on, on top of it. Uh, and yeah, it's it's super simple, but it just looks really clean. Um, so I did that. I made I finished the the fire pit, the sort of cut bluestone fire pit, and the walnut dining table. Finished them. Did all the photos for all of them, and now just going to start editing the videos. And today I had a crazy weekend. I went and saw uh, Trent Presler, who makes those really crazy wooden canoes. Yeah, yeah. He he's pretty big on Instagram, and he makes these like they're just insanely beautiful canoes, all made out of like these like solid strips of wood. They're about a little more than an eighth of an inch thick. Um, and so we got to go to his workshop. Uh, he had a big sort of harvest party because he's also uh, an owner uh, of a winery. And uh, Jimmy DeResta was there, uh, my, my friend Christian Dunbar, who's a furniture maker, and then like a whole bunch of like interior design and kind of architect uh, type people. Um, so it was a really fun weekend, lots of fancy dining and winery stuff. And uh, yeah, Trent's an awesome guy in addition to being a, a pretty incredible craftsmanship. Definitely check out uh, Pretzler, uh, I think Woodshop and his, the canoes he makes are interesting. It was also interesting sort of listening to his business model. He basically makes like a few of these canoes a year and sells them for like a hundred thousand dollars each. Um, That's good. Yeah. That's good business. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was cool seeing his workshop because like the, it's like the exact opposite of what I do. Uh, mm-hmm. right. It's like his whole workshop. It's, it's pretty small. It's like this like little freestanding barn type building. And all he makes in it is canoes. And there's like probably like four or five canoes that he's working on at a time. Because um, you can only bend so many of the strips. And you have to let oh, sort okay. of glue and set before you do the next one. So you can really only do like one strip a day. And so he has really nice tools, but very few tools. It's almost all mm-hmm. hand tools and then like a really nice planer and like a really nice like fest tool sander. Yeah. Right? Just like so the few like, tools he uses. Right. So it's like it was kind of a really interesting sort of zen workshop because you go in there and you would never wonder what to do it's always like really clear <laughs> you work on the canoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah and it, it's kind of uh it made me really think about somebody i mean he has a very demanding full-time uh you know job as the you know sort of running uh, a pretty awesome winery so it's kind of cool that he's able to do really high-end you know work that gets a lot of recognition because he focuses like his side hustle isn't trying to do a million things. It's trying to do one thing really, really well. And so I thought that was kind of like like a, an inspiring thing. And the sort of the, the takeaway that I took is that I often sort of, I don't know if it's making excuses, but I say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a million things. I have to do content. So, I, you know, I don't need to get too deep into anything. But it kind of made me think, huh, I could set aside like one sort of series of projects where I could start to develop a more refined type of craftsmanship or something like that. So it's always good to see somebody do things that challenges a lot of the excuses that, you know, uh, you had previously sort of made for yourself. Do you um, have any idea what kind of big project that would be? Uh, yeah. Or like um, technique, whatever. 
I think so. I, and I think, uh, you know, and this was all just me sort of thinking on the on the drive back. Uh, so, you know, don't hold me to this because I don't know. I might change tomorrow. Right. Um, but I was thinking, you know, uh, I, and I have, have kind of been wanting to do an architecture project and document that, like sort of how the design of a building, uh, how that goes and document that in a YouTube series. Um, which would start more with drawings and then the, the 3D modeling software, the technical details, the cost estimation and all that kind of stuff. I think, I think people would actually be pretty interested in it. But uh, I also want the project to be interesting. So I reached out to some people that I know that run some like uh, charitable organizations. And I think I might be designing some like, uh, I might do it as kind of like a pro bono project where I design either like some low income housing uh, somewhere in the U.S. or possibly uh, an orphanage or school somewhere in Africa. And uh, so, yeah, so it made me think about that, like that there is a way, you know, whenever you make an excuse, oh, I can't do this because of this. And then you see somebody that does pull that off successfully, despite having as many demands, if not more than you do. Um, it's always nice to be challenged that way. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty inspiring. It's also just really fun. Uh, spending uh, uh, some time with Jimmy Duresta, uh, which is always just just a blast. <laughs> <laughs> at the at the dinner, he started like dropping things into the into his cup of water just to see if they would sink, and just always <laughs> conducting little little experiments and stuff. So fun stuff. Cool, cool. This week I am putting out two videos. I'm excited because last week I didn't put out any. Um, the first, like I mentioned in the last podcast, is. I partnered with 3M. They want to promote their VHB tape. And before I do any project videos with them, they they sent me this crazy like scooter kit. Um, like what you imagine a scooter to be, like a Razor scooter essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came in a bunch of prefabricated pieces that I would that I then put together using the tape. Uh, that was the only thing holding it holding it together. There weren't any mechanical fasteners or anything. And I st- went around and like bombed some hills with it and whatnot to test it out. <laughs> and I may or may not have fallen. <laughs> I hope that makes the cut of the video. We'll see. And did uh, you make your own safety gear out of the tape? <laughs> no, I should have. I-, I went to Academy, which is like a sporting goods store we have, and I picked up a, a-, a helmet that looks like Ghost Rider, like Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I was nice. debating between that one or a Ninja Turtle, Raphael. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And well, uh, like a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, I know. Top it was four. A, it was no. It's my favorite. <laughs> Actually, think, it's my favorite too. You would think it would be Michelangelo, considering I'm, my name is Michael. But oh, no, that's a good point. Raphael. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so that video, it was a lot of fun to make. It wasn't anything you know crazy in terms of building, but I think it's entertaining. Um, but mainly, it was just to kind of show off the tape. So now I'm really curious, kind of what I can use it for. Um, I'm really thinking something with sheet metal is, is the route to go, whether it's some kind of bench or stool. Um, I know I've talked a little bit in the past about using sheet metal, and this might be the perfect perfect opportunity to kind of work in a sponsor, get a little bit of that bread, and, hammock. <laughs> and be able to experiment. So, yeah, um, maybe the hammock. I don't, know, I don't know how that would work out. A hammock out of tape? Or you could do like a giant crash net. That you then crash the scooter into <laughs> <laughs> made out of tape yeah <laughs> so yeah that 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 could work we'll see um and then the the actual project video that's going out is episode two of ikea hacks i took a the series is kallax k-a-l-l-a-x i don't speak scandinavian so i don't know what that <laughs> actually i don't know how to say that um but it's just a tall tall bookshelf that i then tipped horizontally Built a neat little Japanese-inspired base. Uh, I found a, a Japanese console table that I really like the base on. Took the, the joinery from it. It's got a little di- bit different geometry to it. Um, but I built it out of plywood, so everything's got visible plies around it. So it should be really cool. Um, I'm excited. I haven't yet opened I haven't opened my turntable yet because I want to put that in the video. So I'm, oh, nice. I'm shooting all of that part of the video tomorrow so I can get that edited and put up, hopefully on Thursday. So... The day the podcast is dropping, so I'm excited to open up that U-turn and uh, try it out. So you're gonna be dropping two things at one time? No, hopefully the scooter will have no, already no, come you, out. I mean, talking about the podcast, and then I'm you're not dropping, dropping that. a deuce. I'm oh, not dropping a deuce come on. here. <laughs> Let's get it to catch on. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to set one you up on, here, Mike. 
dropping a single on Tuesday and another on Thursday. Okay. <laughs> Have it your way. If we come to podcast, I, I am dropping a deuce, but yeah, I don't, I don't okay, count, we go. <laughs> okay, I do. All right, all right. All right, now... What are we going to do? We're going to hop in, hop into a topic. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we're going to we're going to talk about networking. Uh, and we don't mean like sort of LinkedIn and like weird sort of, you know, corporate business mixers. But it struck me uh, as, as a topic that would be interesting. One, because I've been watching sort of Chris do collaborations uh, with uh, Johnny Brooke. And also because, you know, I was meeting a lot of other designers and uh, makers uh, this last weekend. I also think it's like it's good because, uh, you know, I'm sure for you guys, too, uh, you get a lot of people reaching out to you with wanting to do collaborations or Mm -hmm. projects or, or sponsorships and things like that. And I think in one of the things I've noticed lately uh, which I think is mostly meant well, but often comes across not great, uh, is some of the tendencies for reaching out in communication in our sort of space, particularly on YouTube. And it, 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 I, I started thinking about this when I was uh, I was talking to my sister Jessie, and we were sort of comparing notes of when like I post a video on my channel versus mm-hmm. like when she posts a video on my channel. And even if we do the exact same technique, uh, there's a lot more dudes trying to sort of explain to her. <laughs> Explaining? Yeah. Uh, but it's not like they only do it to her. They do it a lot to me. It's just not, you know, for every, you know, one that I get, she probably gets like two or three. Right? I believe but, it. Okay. But, I, but I still get a ton. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, for the most part, I don't think the people mean to, to come across perhaps the way they do. Uh, I think a lot of times people, like, when they don't know what to say, they have sort of, like, a constructive attitude. Like, oh, well, I, you know, they're, they're excited right. for the opportunity to add some value because, you know, it's something that at least they're mildly interested in. Yeah. Um, but they often don't know always how to phrase it in a way that... <laughs> so with a, with a recent concrete project that I did, an example would be uh, a lot of people would comment about why there wasn't rebar in the project. It, this is the white and the white yeah, one the with white, the walnut inlay? Yeah. Okay. And so I could tell people were, were curious about it because uh, there's about probably like about 100 questions or so on, on that topic. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting questions are like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't use rebar. What, what, was, what was your sort of thinking behind that? Yeah. And then, you know, you know explain, okay, because the I used a plywood core that means that the concrete's only about an inch and a quarter to an inch and a half thick if you use rebar in that if it moves even a little bit off center uh, it can easily rust through the white concrete in just a humid environment um, and the plywood actually is giving the strength and the spanning between the two legs uh, so great great question starts a dialogue it's fun to go back and forth and then an, another guy suggests sort of like a uh, like a synthetic reinforcement mesh, which I wasn't really sure about. I learned something. The other people learned something. It's a great conversation. I start following the other guy's channel that, that recommended the mesh, and yay, everyone wins, right? Now, the sort of way that uh, uh, wasn't as productive is somebody saying like, oh, without <laughs> without rebar, that thing's going to break with with any amount of weight on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll normally will approve... Uh, you know, pretty rude comments if I think they're kind of funny or if they're, you know, <laughs> even if they're kind of insulting, but I won't approve a comment like that because it's just factually incorrect. Yeah. Um, so I approved it for, you know, and I probably got like 20 like that. And I don't think the people mean to do that. I think they're sort of like, oh, wait, I, I have some experience in this thing and I know that concrete isn't as strong as this. So I just need to, I can, I can add some, some value into this conversation. I, I, like I know the answer, right? Like it's like people watching Jeopardy and yeah. and wanting to contribute, but doing it in the sort of form of sort of like false certainty because they first of all it's impossible for them to be sure of it if they haven't tested it. Um, so I normally sort of just like approve those temporarily, and then I put a link to a video of me testing thinner concrete than that without even the plywood core, and it's totally strong. And then I you know, kindly ask them to ask questions instead of saying things that are factually incorrect. And uh, normally they, they sort of go away uh, from there. But 
so the the thing that I that I wanted to talk about is like we've all been at different phases where we've reached out to people uh, and had gotten people to help us or gotten mm-hmm. awesome collaborations or sponsorships. And we've also been to a situation where people have reached out to us. And I thought we'd talk about sort of what's worked for us, how we think about sort of reaching out and asking for help or uh, a collaboration opportunity. And also, like, what are the the the, the ways that other people have reached out and, and approached us that have been effective uh, for them? Right. Well, actually, the first thing that pops into my mind, it just popped into my mind right now when you said that was going back to when I first started on YouTube, like, you know, two months in pretty much, I reached out to that tech channel that I ended up doing a collaboration with. That's what led to that Xbox thing, which is now my most popular video in no small part due to the fact that they have a huge channel that linked to it. And I think that the way that I reached out to them was basically, so they're a tech channel and there's a lot of tech channels on YouTube, but they focus a lot more on like aesthetics and design. And that's why I've always liked their channel. Um, You know, I can get information from plenty of different channels, but theirs is just like, you know, they shoot their videos a little bit more prettily for lack of a better (laughs) of a real word. And I don't know, it just appeals to me. And I thought that a lot of the things that I was doing was in line with things that they might like. So I just shot out an email. um, And, you know, I think one thing that helped was that I had a couple videos under my belt that showed, okay, hey, this guy's like taking it seriously and he knows what he's doing. I think that's an important part of it um, because, you know, especially somebody like that who's got 2 million followers, they're going to get reached out to from all kinds of different people with different requests and wanting to collaborate or, you know, asking them for favors and all that. And so I didn't ask for a favor. I just said, you know, I was very specific in what I did. They do this series called a dream desk. That's it's one of their bigger things that they do where they'll make this like really cool desk, put all sorts of new technology in it and then give it away. And so it had showed that, OK, he studied our channel. He likes us specifically for these reasons. He's bringing something to the table. And, and what I pitched to them was if there's ever an opportunity to be involved in the dream desk, I'd like to be a part of that. Here's a link to a couple videos of mine. Here's the style of furniture that I do. I think that, you know, it's in line with what you guys do. So it showed that I had researched what they were doing and they I think they could tell that I was sincere about it yeah. and that's what led to it being successful and like the guy literally wrote back to me like later that day and was like hey I saw you're in Southern California like we're not too far away from you you should come down and check out our studio so I went down there like a week later and met them and you know just kind of like made friends with them or whatever and it wasn't for a few months that we actually did the collaboration and I'm sure I'll have chances to work with them again down the road but I think that when you're in the the position of reaching out to people, that's really important to do your homework and see what they're all about and really see what can I bring to them that is unique. That's something that Mm -hmm. they don't already have access to. So I'm not a nuisance to them. I'm an actual, I'm an asset to them. I also think the really interesting thing about that particular one, and I'm glad you brought that up because I sort of forgot about that, but it's a great example, is that you were reaching out to somebody in a totally different genre of content. Right. Uh, and I think that's something that people often forget is that they always try to network within their own peer group, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think uh, is certainly has efficiencies and has advantages. And you shouldn't not do that. Right. But there's limitations to it and networking within your own group. Right. So for you, like woodworking, mm-hmm. like if you get started and reach out to sort of, you know, Wood Whisperer, uh, you know. I mean, he's a really nice guy and, you know, eventually you guys are going to connect. He's going to recognize your work and stuff like that. But in the beginning, maybe not as great uh, of a strategic move or it's a it's a less likely one to sort of pay off. Right. Because uh, he's getting a ton of people in that are in your same position, in your same genre, where mm-hmm. somebody that's in sort of tech and, and video games and stuff might not get as many requests to collaborate with a woodworker. Right. So, Reaching across to different content genres uh, is, a, is a pretty interesting way because all of a sudden, you know, is back to our conversation about sort of standing out. Your skill set is going to stand out way more <laughs> in that sort of group than uh, when you're just getting started in the sort of woodworking group. Yeah, not yeah, to mention sure. whenever you're collaborating is granted. I don't do a lot of collaborating, but it's it's the idea, is, especially if you're the smaller channel like Chris, you were in this situation. You yep. want to add value and you don't want it to be a one-sided thing. Um, so to carry on that idea, like if Chris went to the Wood Whisperer, that would be incredibly one-sided because he can build things just as good as Chris. 
and he's the one with the audience at the time. Whereas, right. you know, with this is they can't build things. They're looking at it saying, wow, this is a desk we can't just go to Ikea and buy. This is something that is like making our video the unique one out of all of these like setup type videos. So, yeah, right. it's, it's making it a two sided thing to where you're benefiting, but you're also adding value somehow. Right. They were I think to them, the Xbox thing was whoa, we can have a thumbnail that there's no way we exactly. could get otherwise. Yeah. Like, this is an opportunity for us. Exactly. And for me, it's exposure to a huge audience that I would never have access to. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say another sort of tip that I, that I found useful and isn't that's uh, easier to say than to do is to sort of always sort of make sure to sort of check and be objective about what your sort of current sort of emotional or sort of attitude state is before you, like, reach out and talk to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll use examples with like, uh, of like some of the first times I both became aware of your guys' work. So one of the ways I, I first heard about Modern Builds is someone said, hey, this guy- This guy's, <laughs> this guy's ripping you off. <laughs> this guy's ripping you <laughs> off. And, uh, and I, I didn't think that was the case, but what, what's interesting is when you, when you get that kind of message, it automatically, just because of it the, puts of you the on word the choice, yeah. right? And so it's like it was my my first reaction to or my first impression of sort of seeing Mike's work was right after sort of reading that word. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's much easier to be a defensive than it is to be like defensiveness comes more naturally than sort of being magnanimous and intellectually generous. Like it's yeah. it's right. Like we're we're. we're we're, we're taught to sort of, you know, grab at the extra calories, not not to push away when we're just kind of full. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, it was, you know, the, the immediate reaction is like, oh, my God, you know, it, it is you, you feel like something's happening to you when really nothing's happening to you. Nothing's changed from the previous, you know, uh, minute before somebody said that to you. You know, so it's like, you know, I, I, I took a bait and I'm like, no, this is great. This is this is good for me. And that's part uh, an intellectual belief, but that's also partly to choose to sort of take that mindset because it's better for everybody to take that mindset for the most part. Um, and so instead, I like reached out and, and said, oh, awesome work. Love what you're doing. Uh, I think I had, I had seen then the, the sort of skim coat concrete thing mm -hmm. that you did. And I didn't know anything about that technique. So I immediately learned something. I'm like, oh. This guy's awesome. He's adding value. It's great that he's riffing uh, off of me. This is somebody that I should be friends with, not somebody that I should like file away into the sort of uh, enemy category. Uh, <laughs> and because that 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 does zero things. Now it's right. it's it's a plus thing. And then you know a, f a few years later, here we are doing a podcast together, doing other projects together. You know, I'm introducing you to like raw fish and other stuff you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Minced meat. And, and, and hilarity ensues. With Chris, like the first time somebody had recommended one of your videos and they go, oh, you should do more things like this, right? And it was like someone that's like a designer. So when someone tells you that, that you respect, you're like, you immediately can also get defensive and be like yeah. no what am i, I doing wrong I, I know what i'm doing like i there's reasons for all the things that i'm doing and you don't understand them uh, uh -huh. and so my first reaction was again it's like i so i went to look at the video like trying to sort of justify why i shouldn't do things like that which is like a pretty it's not like a negative like hating chris thing it was, obviously it was a really cool project <laughs> but it was like looking for excuses why i shouldn't do that kind of work right i was looking to sort of for things that I could validate the thing I had already decided rather than actually like learn from it, get inspired and, and, and move forward. So it was, again, it was the situation where I had to kind of, my, my initial reaction wasn't the sort of positive thing that I ended up when I watched. It was that, that, that first sort of bench video uh, that you did, the really mm -hmm. skinny bench. Yep. Um, so it wasn't to that. It was to be like, oh, I need to think more about the way I sort of, you know, uh, even if I don't do projects like that, I can think about the way I treat like ends of wood so it's not quite so so squared off, right? I can mm -hmm. get more fancy with the tapering and stuff like that. And I actually think that if I hadn't seen that, I probably, even though it's a completely different project, I wouldn't have done like the plywood table the way that I did. Mm -hmm. um, it just reminded me at how this sort of changing end profiles of like rectilinear lumber can change the overall impression of everything. So in, in the cases I want to bring up is because you know, the, there's a lot of people in the audience that are watching a lot of stuff. And 
it's clear from like comments and stuff like that that you know the stuff people watches elicits all sorts of emotional responses positive negative you know hilarious right like all the sort of all the feels um, <laughs> but you know you can develop you can have an initial reaction but you can you know you can sort of control it and redirect it into a way that's like really positive and uh, I have found that like when I have done that and sort of reached out with questions or things like that, rather than just sort of satiating that initial reaction, which is often kind of not the best one, um, that like pretty great opportunities can come from it. Yeah, it's funny. I, this is kind of off topic, but I was thinking about when what you were talking about being like defensive when you initially hear about things, but then coming around to actually taking a positive view on it. And I think everybody, it seems like everybody in this community that I've seen interactions between or that I've had interactions with. It's all like positive across the board. I'd like to see a beef within the community. I think we're ready for like an <laughs> East Coast, West Coast beef. So if you're a notable YouTube woodworker out there, you don't like what I'm doing, let me know about it because I think we need a beef going. Well, no, don't let him know. Just drop a diss track. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we'll go back and forth through the alternating YouTube videos. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> yeah. No, it'd be funny if you like, if you like diss their video and then also like, put it in your channel chart <laughs> and here <laughs> so right so you're like doing them a favor from yeah. like the crossover but you're doing like I'll, I'll do that with my next concrete thing i'll be like if you want to see a really crappy thing on concrete, yeah. check out this guy modern build right here <laughs> that's why i don't yeah, do I concrete a anymore be, a beef would probably be good for business for us huh it would we could yeah i mean we could just get an inter podcast beef going there you go all right. other podcasts, you guys suck. No. <laughs> so I'm throwing it down right now. Well, I think in general, even if like, you're not in woodworking, or I maker. think like too too much effusive praise comes across as disingenuous. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of people out there. So like the conventional wisdom now was sort of like the the, the Gary V's and the, the Tim Ferriss sort of advice is that like oh if you want to network with somebody, you sort of reach out and say oh uh, what can I help you with right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there's this kind of like, I, I, I get quite a few of these emails like, oh, I really, it's very flattering, very complimentary. And then it's sort of, you know, it's like, oh, you know, if there's anything I can help you with. And uh, that's a great way to do it. It's effective. It's polite. But a lot of people are doing that now. <laughs> like it's yeah. not, it's not a secret, right? Every, right. Everyone's watching the same, uh, listening to the same uh, self-help business, you know, yeah. crushing it podcasts and uh, uh, reading the same sort of, you know, life hack, growth hacking, business books. So, and I have a lot of people doing it that actually it can uh, to the point where, especially more, not so much in our space, but more in like the sort of digital marketing kind of thing or or the people that like, oh, I want to create a merch line for you and all these things. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, I think like the, uh, you know, to sort of stand out with that sort of being, the the common practice is specificity and the the one thing that sort of always jumps out to me is when somebody has a really specific idea uh and it might not be a huge grandiose thing that solves all my business problems but even if it's just particular research and insightful that tends to stand out from the sort of broad platitudes of hey how can i help you right because if if i already had something in my mind that i wanted help with i would have gotten help but maybe if you reach out to somebody, you could bring something up that they weren't even really aware of that could make their life easier. Right. Because especially like, you know, somebody like Ben or uh, the bigger you get, the more I always think I know how inundated I am. And I just think I'm sure it just scales linearly. So if you're five times as big as me, you're probably five times as inundated as I am with requests from people. And so when you tell somebody like that, what can I help you with? They're, I mean, in the back of their mind, they're probably thinking, I don't know, what can you help me with? Right. So yeah, yeah. the more the more you can say, here's what I'm great at and here's what I can do, pitch that to them. Don't just tell them, what can I help you with? Because there's a lot what, of, people, I don't know, yeah. my taxes, my dishes. <laughs> I don't know. It could be any number of things. But if you're, if you have something that you're awesome at that sets you apart, you know, show it off. Even if you're not awesome at it. I wasn't awesome at I was I I was no by no means a self-proclaimed awesome furniture maker when I reached out to the tech guys, but I said I can probably do it better than them, so I can be of value to them. Yeah, Mikey, Mikey, I I, I watch you hustle a little bit. Uh, what have been some of your experiences, sort of reaching out to sponsors and stuff like that, and uh, um, how, how do you sort of approach that kind of reaching out and and trying to get some? 
so that's a that's a good point. It kind of parallels with if somebody, you know, for things outside of content creation, it's the same way. Anytime I go to a sponsor, I don't. So as a for instance, I've never gone to. Uh, let's just say Minwax. I've never tried to contact Minwax. Um, mm-hmm. But as a hypothetical, I wouldn't just go to Minwax and say, hey, I make videos. Here's some links. Let me know if you ever want to work together. I'm going to go to them and say, hey, I have this project that I plan on putting out the middle of this month and I want you to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Right. It's the same thing that what Chris is saying is people don't want to sign up to something that's ambiguous. They want to say yes or no to something that they have a, a general understanding of. Um, but with that being said, most of the time, I really don't, I don't reach out to sponsors too much. Most of the time, thankfully it comes to me, which is definitely something I'm thankful for. Mike's um, the pretty girl at the bar. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just a scheduling thing. I don't try and overbook myself. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it, whenever, but that's the biggest thing is I can say is if you're, if you're reaching out to whether it's a brand or another person you want to work with is offer something, don't just offer yourself or an idea, like offer something specific. Right. Don't give them a job to come up with what you're going to do. Give them something to be like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So as a for instance, um, now I have one, the entryway um, that I did over at my at Caleb's. Um, We knew it was going to be the floors. We're going to do the mirror wall. We're going to change out kind of that type of stuff. And I was looking on Relio, which is an influencer kind of marketing platform. And I noticed that uh, Sylvania has a line of smart bulbs that are really similar, like what Philips Hue has. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called Smart Plus. And they just launched a campaign. And it's one of those things. It's a a marketing platform thing where where you reach out to the brand. They're basically, it's like a self-serve marketing platform. And I reached out to them and instead of saying, hey, I would love to work with you guys, I do room renovation videos or that's, you know, that's what I would incorporate them with. And mm-hmm. I would love to get you on board on one. I went to them and I said, hey, this my name's Mike. I do this, this and this. This is the series of room renovations I have. Here's the video for the last one I did. And then I sent them a couple pictures of the old of the old uh, entryway and then the one that I had like three quarters of the way finished I had already had the mirror wall done and the walls finished so it was already like a drastic improvement and I told them that I want to build a light fixture for it and I would love to you know showcase your smart bulbs in there and I think it would be a great you know opportunity to do that and because I had something very concrete they're able to say yeah let's do it and I think that's I'm not going to say that's why I got the gig, but it definitely had to have helped, you know, having something that they could really sink their teeth into. Say yes to. Yeah, I think the specificity and the timing is what was effective about what you did. And I find that same way because when people come to me with like a – I get this actually a lot where people like, I'm thinking about starting a YouTube channel. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, what kind of advice can you give me? And so they're asking me an open-ended question in written format – yeah. Uh, do you respond don't, to those I, most of the time? I'll say like, you know, do your first, I'll, I'll normally say, get to work, do your first few videos, send them to me and I'll tell you what I think. Okay. Cause right? I normally say yeah. that sounds like a cool thing. I'm happy to help however I can. Let me know if you have any specific questions. Right, That's usually kind of a go-to for me. Uh, and, but normally like, you know, answering long format, open-ended questions, like, it's rough. Like, right. That, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you know. I don't know what you don't know. Like, how, I don't know if right. I'm actually I, I, helping. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, you want me to write like 500 words? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, that's, 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 that's work. You know, there's, yeah. there's also a podcast where we talk about some of these things. Um, uh, so yeah, that's yeah. definitely not a great approach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, I think I don't like it when it's like, it's clear that people are sort of asking for shortcuts before they started trying. Right. Yeah. Like I'm much more, I feel much better about sort of answering or helping when you sort of see that they've already taken a few stabs in the dark, at least first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they've tried using some of their own time before they ask you to, to depart some of yours is right. I think kind of good etiquette. Um, so that, that would have been one thing with, with, with that. Um, so yeah, and I think that's what makes sense about your thing is that you're not saying, "Hey, I'm an influencer," which brands get that all the time. Exactly. Uh, but you're saying like, "I have a specific opportunity. It's a good uh, product to subject matter fit. It's ready to go. It has a date. Here's some other things that I've done, so you can see what the end product should be uh, approximated to, 
and uh, yeah, let's you know, let me know if you're interested. Because then it's like, because otherwise, think about what has to happen at the other end. Is that some sort of you know mid to low level person that's answering emails then has to go to their boss and go, okay, there's this guy, he's doing this thing, and he wants to do something. And then that person goes, well, what does he want? What's he doing? And right. when's it going to be done? Yeah. And they're like, okay, I'll go back and ask him. Right. right? Instead of you just being able to answer. Yeah. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't make it actionable in their world. So again, always think about what the other person that you're trying to network or reach out to is. Imagine what their scenario is, what their day-to-day is, and how your request is going to fit into their life so that you're going to get the result that you want. Yeah, because if you – a good rule of thumb, and I think this just goes in life, is anytime you're trying to get something from someone else, whether – like what you're saying, whether it's like advice from like me or you or whether it's a brand, whatever it is, even a collaboration, you want to make it as easy as possible for the person you're asking. That way yep. they're more likely to do it and be happy about doing it. Um, and I feel like I should preface – or it's not a preface because this is – post what's what is a preface in post a postface a postface yeah um <laughs> for people that like either dm me or email me questions that's totally fine i have I, I like answering that whether it's for a project or whether they're asking advice and stuff like that it's it's just the open-ended stuff that i don't like i'm totally happy answering questions yeah i think the uh the difference of if you just i mean if you do want to ask those questions, if you just like bust your butt and give it a try once on your own, it'll make a huge difference in the response that you're going to get from people Yeah. because it's just showing, first off, they have something to respond to. So it's just a lot easier to respond and it already just shows like a commitment to it or like a, a willingness on your end. Yeah. You guys, uh, this is a little side note. You guys feel like we unintentionally slid into doing an episode of Made for Profit? <laughs> no. no, no, we're just we're just beating around the bush a not, little. Not not organized enough. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> this is like their a made for profit planning session. Yeah, for a podcast. yeah. <laughs> this is what we're Shout out to made for profit guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, I think I think yeah, because I think that there's you know I think there's a lot of uh, e- e- there's there's a lot of ways to sort of approach this thing, uh, and it's not just sort of business related it can be sort of creative or sort of inspiration or design advice uh i get a lot of architecture students that reach out to me and this you know this one architecture student uh i'm not sure what part of the world she's from um and and so i think there might be a little bit of a language barrier but she just keeps asking me how to she's like i have a to design a prison for my studio project how should i design it i'm like well you know (laughs) that's your project not mine (laughs) (laughs) Uh, with bars yeah and it's just like i keep answering like oh you know maybe you know i first try to answer it like quickly like you know think you know you know you might do it from the the perspective of sort of efficiency and automation of like you know how do we you know how do we uh, automate these things you could which would be a very technical very cold rational way to approach it you could do it from the perspective of the of the prisoners and like how do we make it more rehabilitated you could do it from the uh, as a sort of a assembly line of rehabilitation. There's all these kind of concepts that you could sort of take. And then she keeps just asking like, <laughs> okay, now what? <laughs> I'm like, well, all right. Like after like, <laughs> and it's sort of an interesting thing and it did make me think about it. So like at first I was like, okay, I'm not going to answer this. And, but then like I'd already thought about it. I was like, oh, you know, it'd be cool. <laughs> now he's been designing the prison <laughs> in his head the whole time. <laughs> He's like, I'm not coming up with any good ideas. All I'm doing is so thinking like, about this person. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay. I'm like, just send when you when you've gotten some progress done on it, then send me something. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, she she just asking that. Okay, then what? She's telling all her friends. She's like, yeah, I got. Yeah. It. She's like, I got this guy on the hook. He's giving me the whole project. Uh, <laughs> he'll do it all for you. I'm telling you, just email him. Yeah, so you're gonna get a follow up, being like, oh, that's I love the idea. Is there any chance I could get you to model it? <laughs> And then, you know, you're doing a whole 3D model of the prison. But. Yeah. <laughs> and this is due on Monday at 8, so come yeah. on, chop, chop. And can you sketch some ideas down and yeah, scan exactly. them and send to me? Yeah. Cool. Nice. Y'all got anything else Let's on this uh, one? Well, I was just thinking about, I mean, I, I, the collaboration aspect of it. I, I was just thinking since I just did the collaboration with Johnny this past weekend, uh, what were the positives and negatives from it? it let me say first, it was pretty much all positive. It was really fun. We had a good time. And that's one thing I've noticed. I've only met a small handful of other people who are doing what we're doing. But one thing that I've noticed is like 
everybody is exactly what you expect them to be. Yeah. Like there, there are no fronts put up in this thing, especially if you're doing like a podcast or something like you can't really be a personality for an hour every week. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. So yeah, it was really fun hanging out. Like, you know, he's exactly what you'd expect him to be like. Did you drink um, a lot of beer? Was, a lot of craft beer? Well, we did do a, uh, a hangout on or a meetup on Saturday night that was at some craft beer place. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret though. I told him this. I actually don't drink. At I've all? never told you guys that before. Just water. Wow. Just, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink any alcohol. Like nothing against it or anything. I just never have and never will. Could have had so some O'Doul's. <laughs> I had some O'Doul's, some some lemonade. Yeah. Now, actually, at this place that we went, they didn't serve anything except for beer. Oh, nice. This is like a, a hardcore craft beer place. No, it was cool that we had like I don't know, probably like ten people showed up. We were afraid no, we were afraid it was just going to be the two of us. No one was going to show up. But yeah, yeah, it was really cool to get to like meet some people and have a conversation with them for a couple hours. But awesome. um, yeah, it was funny. Like working together, one thing that we noticed and we both agreed on was that you would think like, okay, we're going to be like twice as good as we would individually, where in reality, I'd say you're worse working with somebody else in terms of like the technical parts of it. Really? Just because you get like lost in like talking about things and you're just like not as focused on the project. You know, you're kind of like having fun at the same time that you're doing it. But I will say that like the idea generation and problem solving of it goes way quicker. Yeah. Like any little problem that we ran into, like either he would come up with a solution or I would come up with a solution. I think it's just because there's that like putting it out there. You're just, you're forcing yourself to start talking about ideas. And so like, I felt like we, we actually hit a lot of obstacles in, and had to kind of make a 180 in what we were planning on doing with the headboard. But it was like, we came up with three different ideas that were all viable you know, in just like 15 minutes of sitting there talking. So that was like a really Yeah, it's better for sort of working aspect. through options, idea generation, all that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. where where like a good, you know, uh, I mean, me and Mike did that when we, were, when we were coming up with ideas for the Dwell series. Yeah. You know, that's where the sort of the conversation and the back and forth where the the sort of two brains can up the speed of that kind of ping pong game of batting ideas back and forth. To, yeah. to generate a whole bunch of stuff and you as you know you know i always thought that'd be kind of cool to, you ever watch like a pardon interruption that espn show yeah 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 it's like you could almost do something like that with your friend right and <laughs> what's what's good about like a format like that is that it keeps you moving through to other ideas so you could be like okay what are your five best uh table ideas out of sheet of plywood okay go okay ding move on to the next one and what's good about that is that it keeps you from going too deep and too esoteric on like any one tangent, yeah. but it keeps you sort of generating and unearthing new ideas. So it's, it's a good technique if you get stuck. But yeah, two people making one video, especially people that are capable of making videos on their own, maybe not the most efficient use right. of time. You know, it's more for the sort of crossover kind of media part. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that certainly has a ton of value that, that, that offsets that. But yeah, I would say that you know, in my experience, like this sort of idea generation collaborative part is where, you know, a ton of good things can happen quickly. I'm hanging out with Jimmy DeResta is like, it's like, you know, going to grad school for, for this kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like every, you know, every 20 minutes he'll say something that I'm like, Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. File that, file that away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, it was like that when when uh, uh, when me and Mike were hanging out. You know, we were, we were able to, to 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 go through, bring each other up to speed on the things that were kind of obvious to us uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. But if we were making a video of like a dining table at the same time, it w- it almost be better if we made two separate dining tables. I think so. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a good chance. That was one thing that I was thinking hiring Caleb would make me like so fast in producing videos. It did speed things up, but not nearly as much as I thought, um, yeah. because it's kind of funny. He he doesn't really have any video experience, but he do, he did a lot of like fashion type photography, and mm-hmm. so he's very into making sure our settings are proper and like how they're supposed to be, not just so that they look okay. And so there's all these things where I'll be running, doing stuff, and then I'm I'm ready for the next shot, but he's like, "Hang on, I, I'm finding focus," and I'm like, "But that's what autofocus is for on the camera." And there's all this kind of stuff where. Yep. I just have a workflow after making, you know, 70 videos that I can 
I know that like this ISO is pretty much good for everything. All I need to do is just adjust the aperture for the most part, and that kind of is how I get mm-hmm. my light balance. Um, but having someone else that's like, hang on, let me make sure that everything's proper and whatnot is kind of. I'm just like, no, just put it on, just put things on auto, and then just adjust the aperture. But right, because there's tw- also with two people, there's twice as many bathroom breaks and stuff like that. Yeah. And if both people have to be there at the same time, cameraman and that to do the, you know, to to. To, to make one video, mm-hmm. there's more interruptions with phone with, calls with, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, right. So it's like uh, it, it, it's funny. I mean, that that's sort of a. I mean, it depends on your management style. If you're like a very well planned and well organized person that you know has like GAN charts or GAN charts for for everything. And I don't know what that is. Uses, <laughs> uses all kinds of fancy organizational project management software. Uh, then you know hiring sort of specialists to do different roles it can be the best way to get great quality and uh, efficient sort of results uh, i am not you know I, I learned in my previous sort of business endeavors uh that i'm not uh, a, an organized efficient manager of people um, yeah. i'm good at getting people excited about ideas uh I, i'm good at sort of leading the the aesthetic vision of projects um, but not at sort of managing their day-to-day sort of efficient work practices. Right. I have a hard um, so, time just doing that for myself, let alone a oh, second person. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Yeah. So it's uh, one of those things where it's but, like, what are we doing today? Uh, let's build a record console. So we just start. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And so that's why it's like, I don't want to, you know, for me, I mean, someday I'm going to hire a cameraman and editor and stuff like that for, for really big, long shoots and stuff like that. But for now, it's like I almost want just a team of other creative people so I can like bounce ideas off them, uh, have them for extra people that are sort of researching different materials yeah, um, and different techniques and sort of have them also produce their own videos autonomously. So because I'm finding that's actually a little bit more efficient than, than I thought it would be. Yeah. And there's not any like blowback from it that you've seen? Like no negative? Really. Just the same blowback that I would get. The, the yeah. videos perform about the about the same a little bit less but for the most part probably like 80 percent of what what my mind would do okay that's awesome that's cool to hear cool Cool. should we uh hypotheticals yeah let's do a quick hypothetical we haven't done one of those in a long time somebody wrote one in i saw so i'll go ahead and read it it is from sq woodshop um i believe on i think it came from the reddit the subreddit so get on there and ask us a, a hypothetical we're more likely to see them says great podcast i have a hypothetical question for you if you could have one superhero power to help your making what would it be and he gives some examples laser cutting eyes extreme strength fast moving etc so <laughs> etc it, mm. I'd, I'd take etc for sure yeah no um <laughs> i'll let you guys else. think about it <laughs> yeah everything <laughs> so this one's not one that he mentioned but i think it would be a mixture of like strength but the ability to hold super still, like make really controlled movements. So kind of the way that like a miter gauge lets you move something through in a really controlled way. Imagine if like with your hands, you could just hold the piece at like the perfect angle that you needed it and just like run it over your table saw. Like that would be the ultimate jig. That's what I was going to say is I would be able to cut perfectly straight lines with like circular saws and jigsaws with no guides. I wouldn't even need a table saw. I would just cut. You'd everything be the perfect. human CNC. Yeah, that's what it would. I guess so. Yeah, be a bad X Men, but good for good for YouTube videos. <laughs> be a really crappy X Men. Hmm. Yeah. I I wouldn't want a physical making skill uh, because I feel like that would make things unrelatable, and then that would would inhibit my ability to design things that other people can make. Mm. Um, so I would want. It was funny. I was listening to somebody talk about. Uh, uh, people that have perfect memories and I guess there's some uh, like that actress Mary Lou Henner apparently has like a perfect memory so mm-hmm. if you bring up like a date uh, in like history she can tell you everything that she did or experienced that day wow like perfectly like she just records everything one to one and can recall it so I think that would be the ability that I would want because it wouldn't change my ability to fabricate or make those would still be relatable but it would just allow me to compile more visual precedents and resources. And it would also let me to remember where I got inspired by things. <laughs> or where you left the tape measure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
That's a good one. But hey, my my skill could kind of be relatable. I would just say like, hey, FYI, guys, you all know I have a superpower where I can cut things perfectly straight. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Just set up a guide. Just set up a guide. Everyone would know. I'm assuming I would be I'm assuming I would be famous for my skill of cutting things straight. Actually, you know what it'd be? It'd be like instantly calibrating all the tools to cut perfectly at right angles. Oh man, that would be so nice. Yeah. Instant like it would just be sharpening everything magically. <laughs> you just look at it and now it's got a chisel edge. Like all those little annoying prep things. Yeah. Oh, or it'd have like a an a built in sort of dust collection system. Where does it go? Inside of you? It's like <laughs> He doesn't eat anymore. He's just full of shavings. It's just one big nostril and you just snort lines <laughs> snort of dust and the whole shop is clean. Oh, man. I like it. This is a good hypothetical. Getting plenty of fiber. I see a new series coming out here on YouTube. Super All Makers? Right. Super yeah. Makers, yeah. Yeah. What are you Yeah, What are you obsessed with? Um, I've got one and it's sparkling water. <laughs> You're obsessed with it? Boy. <laughs> This is it's it's a revolution that's happening here, people. Finally, something Chris can drink. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking. I'll put a little lime wedge in there. I'll fit right in with everybody. Yeah. Okay. So prior to prior to earlier this week, it was all Lacroix. It was Lacroix, or it wasn't happening. But Schweppes, the people that make well, ginger ale, they now I've make sparkling it. water, and it is the bubbliest in the game, guaranteed, hands down. No one's making. No one's bubblier. No one's making more bubbly sparkling water. So, I guess... Get yourself some Schweppes. I guess that's my recommendation. You're welcome, everybody. Thirsty? <laughs> adding <drink> value. <laughs> we yeah. talked... That was the whole conversation today was about adding value. Hey, if you're thirsty and you need that bubble... That's true. Get yourself some Schweppes. You'll be happy. Good point. Ben? Um, I started a new Netflix show that's it, pretty solid. I'd give it like a, a B plus, A minus, but it's, it's good. It's that one uh, Mindhunter. It's great. Um, I started watching it too this week. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there's it, it's sort of almost like the prequel to a lot of things that you see now, where they're doing like psychological profiles of uh, uh, serial killers and things like that. But it's done in sort of a time period where things were thought about much more simply. They more thought about it as sort of a binary, like oh, there isn't a psychological reason or context as to why people do these things. It's just like they're evil people. Evil people do evil things. There's just it's just know, black and white, and, right? So it was interesting to sort of to 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 see that time period where people were so sort of convinced that no, oh, no, just a bad person. Well, sure they were abused and all that stuff, but that had nothing to do with it. That's that's ancillary to it, um, and it, it made it, it. It's funny in some ways. It's uh, you know watching that made me realize why people sort of doubt so many other things where there tends to be evidence to it, but it's not always one to one. Right, because it's so easy to say. Well, that, well, I was abused as you know as a kid, and I didn't become a celery killer. So therefore, celery killer, yeah, <laughs> celery killer, uh, knocking out that ants on a log. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it was. It's it's a pretty pretty good show. It's worth a watch. It's interesting. It's uh, yeah, it's just thoughtful and, and yeah, it shot really well too. It's got a good yeah. look. I got a show as well, which I don't think we talked about on here, but it's one of my favorite shows, Curb Your Enthusiasm. You guys oh, watch that? Yes. So they're, they're in a new season. I have found that this, I don't know if it's like, not nostalgia, but just like since it was gone for so long, but like I'm just like cracking up watching these entire episodes. But I will say that the endings so far to the episodes have felt like a little bit forced. They haven't all come together the way that they normally do. But man, during during it, like I'm just busting up the entire time and i think it's just because i missed it for so long you know what makes me laugh is like larry david's clothes selection like his wardrobe <laughs> like he wears like simple shoes and like giant pleated corduroys yeah and he's like weird bowling shirts i'm just like what? he's larry yeah like what the doing fuck? his <laughs> thing <laughs> like yeah, yeah he's good it, probably underrated like kind of easy low-key halloween costume would be be larry yeah. david just shave, shave the center of your head off. Say, yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you're gonna be committed to it for a few months, but yeah, it's easy to do. Anybody could do it. Yeah, he kind of looks like a Muppet too. <laughs> Slightly, yeah. I hope Larry David doesn't listen to this. Yeah, no, it's unlikely. <laughs> Larry, if you're listening, he'll appreciate love, the yeah. shout out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's worth it. That's a collab. What can we do for you, Larry? I want to collaborate on the next Curb Your Enthusiasm. Bring something specific. Yeah, uh, I can make you a wooden wig, <laughs> <laughs> or wooden corded pleated, whatever. Yeah. All right. 
let's hop out of this episode. What do you awesome, guys say? Awesome, but before we before do, we hop out, there's still a few tickets left for I think all most of the the sort of one on one times with us. I think have gotten snatched up. I think there might be one or two left. But uh, if you want to come hang out with... WorkbenchCon, by the way. Yep, WorkbenchCon. If you want to hang out with the three of us and also Jimmy DiResta, Bob from I Like to Make Stuff, and many, many other sort of uh, makers, uh, check out WorkbenchCon. And there's a link to it on our Instagram. And if you do get a ticket, use the promo code uh, MODERN. Oh, speaking of, at, after, after WorkbenchCon... I'm heading back with Johnny Brook, and we're collaborating. Hey, I'm going to old Asheville. Is that right? Oh, Picking Asheville's up my sloppy yeah, seconds. Asheville's cool. Yeah, so we're gonna. We don't know what we're doing yet. We also haven't a hundred percent concreted it in, but I guess I just did it. We're definitely doing it now. So it's oh, happening. It's done. on the record. So yeah, it's permanent. We're gonna collab somehow. Nice. My first technical collab. Oh no no no! I did I did one a while back, but with Doug from Retro Weld. And that Johnny, he's Wait. getting around, huh? <laughs> Hey, man. Guys. Ben, you're next. Watch out. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first, Spreeball. Ben is down. <laughs> Hit it. Heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. All right. All right. Thank this you is guys going for, off the rails. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sitting, I'm hopping into the outro. <laughs> send, send it out. Thank you guys for listening. Please give us a review. Listen, you, the one person, <laughs> the person listening right now, you're driving in your car. You don't have anything else to do. Well, right now. Grab your actually wait until you get to wherever you're pull going. Pull over. Yeah, pull over, get where you're going, and just go to your podcast app and just give it a five star review. You could type in, "Wow, I really love this podcast. Mike is always bringing incredible insight. Chris and Ben are cool too." And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, just feel free to follow us on Instagram at Modern Maker Podcast at Modern Builds at Four Eyes Furniture and at Benjamin Ueda. Once again, we're at WorkbenchCon. Use that code. or slash modern and uh yeah we'll see you next week on the modern maker podcast bye everybody bye everybody bye everybody yep